They say that age is just a number, but there's not a lot of people out there that believe that. I, for one, am one of those. What we find out when you speak, you speak into existence. When you live your life that way, you definitely start to realize you should be very careful about your words because they do have power. If you say you're old, you're going to feel old. If you say you're sore, you're going to feel sore. Come inside to this episode and listen as David and I talk a little bit about age is just a number and share some fascinating people who are much older than you might expect that are doing amazing things in this world. Come on inside and check this out. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. to another Full Throttle Thursday with the Successful Mind Podcast. And we are here once again on Zoom. Uh, the office is still being renovated. It's going to be a slick little uh, operation there. We won't have any uh, crazy leaks in the roof if that were to ever happen. So we're back in business, but we're still in a virtual environment. We hope to be back in the studio very, very soon. Probably the next time you see us, we'll be there. So I've got David here with me. David, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting into the swing of this uh, Zoom thing once again. I felt like we like we said at the last time we uh, recorded last week. Uh, we've been we did this for many 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 months when we were in quarantine. So it seems a little weird being back in the environment, but I think it's going to be uh, really cool, especially know, today. Yeah. Well, you don't have to worry about somebody falling through the ceiling while they're working and landing on you, which is what it sounded like in the it, office. It very much did. We, we do this for the listener. You know, we came to <laughs> our beautiful, we invite you into our homes this week because we didn't want to put you through any of those uh, horrible sounds we were hearing go on above our head. But I'm super excited to have this conversation this week because we're, we're kind of getting away from our normal Full Throttle Thursday content. And we're talking a little bit about something that uh, came across my feed uh, a couple weeks ago. And that was a gentleman by the name of Lester Wright. Now, if if the name doesn't sound familiar to you right now, maybe it will in a moment because Lester Wright was a 100-year-old gentleman who recently ran the 100-meter dash at the Penn Relays that happened at the beginning of May. And he became sort of this, you know, like this global sensation, this old guy running a meter for every year of his life. And he did it in 26 seconds, which if you stop to think about it, it's amazing that this gentleman was able to do that at such a great speed. And he didn't even take last place in the race. And he was racing people that were, you know, 15 years younger than he was. So it was just a really good feel good story that I've been following closely. And he's just this wonderful, uh, this wonderful man who just has this amazing positive attitude. But he, you know, he was a lifelong runner. He, you know, it's not the first time he ran or anything like that. But to see him do it at this level and to see the crowd at the pen relays just get behind him. I thought it was fascinating. So the reason we're bringing this topic to our amazing fan base is that we wanted to have a conversation about how age is just a number. You know, one of the things that you've taught many of us in the years that I've known you is that whatever you speak, you speak into existence. And, and you know, it, when I'm having a bad day, if I'm sore and I continue to talk about how sore I am, or if I wake up and my bones aren't working quite right and I say how old 
I am, I'm going to continue to stay in that pattern. So it's it's great to see people like Lester Wright who have said, you know what, uh, you know, uh, 80 is the new 40 or 100 is the new 70, you know, whatever it yeah. might be, because he's got such a positive outlook on life. So I guess we could start there. How much of that positive outlook really helps you in your uh, building your uh, world-class mindset moving forward? I think it's everything. And the more, well, the older that I get, um, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting reminder because when I was a kid, you didn't see this, right? When people started hitting their fifties and sixties, that was it. I mean, they were viewed as being done. And I'm, and as I'm getting older, I'm also looking at role models and examples of people that are, that are my senior, right? People that are, that are way my senior, 70s, 80s, 90s, and how they're actually living their life. You know, we've talked about the Stones being in their 70s, pushing 80, and they're still touring. They, um, uh, there's a guy who was a hero of mine when I was in my teens and my 20s. His name is Rick Clun. He is considered one of the best tournament fishermen in the world. Uh, he's won four Bassmaster Classics uh, over the years. Nobody's ever surpassed four. It's him and Kevin Van Dam. Kevin Van Dam's basically the same age as me. And when I was young and I was I was fishing tournaments, this guy was like the guy, and uh, he was an he was an amazing guy. And so you know, over the years, I kind of didn't focus on that too much because I was I was focused on building my business and and doing other things. And then a few months ago, I was just sitting around uh, and I was I was flipping through some stuff on YouTube and I came across another guy who I greatly admire. I won't go into that, but it caused me to think about Rick Clunt. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder, number one, is the guy still around? Is, is he still fishing? What was his career like? And I started looking at it and it just took me right back to when I was young and he was relatively young, even though he's, he's 20 years older than me. But I've, I, I, I learned that he's 75 years old, that he's still fishing tournaments, that he's still winning big time. So I became fascinated with how well he's done. And I'm like, I, well, you know me, T, I go into a deep dive with anybody yes. that I'm studying. <laughs> so I get, I go back into the dive with this guy. And what's, here's something that, that I found was interesting. Every time he's fishing a major tournament and is winning, everybody's saying, how much longer can this guy go? Can he keep up with the younger guys? Um, you know, it's this has never been done before. Somebody his age winning tournaments at this level. And there, it's like automatically the thought goes to because he's older, he shouldn't be able to participate or compete or, or perform as well as he's actually doing, you know? And he, I watched an interview with him where he literally, where somebody was, was saying, how is it to compete? Because people think, I mean, you have to understand what tournament fishing is all about. It's not like sitting on the dock in the, in the dog days of summer with a can of beer and throwing out a, a fishing pole with a bobber on it. You know, it, that's not what it is. It's, it is, it is, you're on your feet 12 hours a day. You're, you're casting 4,000 times a day. I mean, it is really it is really a very active sport. And they were asking him, like, how, how do you do? And, he, and here's what his answer was. And, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but basically this is what his answer was. He said, I'm, he said, I'm not going to lie. He said, some of the things leading up to a tournament um, are a little old, but 
it was he was only coming from the perspective of that he's been doing this for 50 years, right? That he's been tournament fishing for 50 years. So being on the road, driving from state to state to lake to lake to do it, like he said, that's that's getting a, a, a little bit old. He said, but the second that he gets in the boat and he starts fishing, he feels like he's in his 20s again. He has the same enthusiasm. He has the same energy, the same passion for what he's doing. Uh, he's not having any issues with his body that he talked about that are preventing him from competing at, at how he, and he's beating college kids uh, that are coming out and, get, and getting into the, into the, the, the pro tournaments. And, and I just, you know, but he also said that he doesn't buy into the idea of at some certain age, you have to quit or you have to retire or whatever. But I was, I, I, I want, I, and I see it a lot. Like, People don't even think, they just automatically start interjecting what they heard when they grew up, which is, when are you going to retire? How long are you going to keep doing this? Why are you still doing it? You don't need the money. And it's like, these people didn't do it for the money to begin with. They did it because they were passionate about this was their thing in life, you know? So that, you know, that's, that's this yeah. experience that I had just recently. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those, um, you know, we talk about middle-class mindsets about how, you know, once we enter into the workforce, whether it's when you're 17 or 18 or after college or whatever it might be, you're always circling in your mind that time when you can retire, like retirement is such a big deal for, for the middle-class. And, and the hard part with that, excuse me, is that right now is a lot of people aren't, they haven't been able to bank as much money. So they're not retiring anymore at age 52 or 55 or 62 or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, if you want to retire, that's all well and good. I mean, if that's your goal in life, that's fantastic. But I've seen it happen more often than not that when uh, people retire and they don't have a purpose, they tend to uh, age rather, rather quickly. And it's, it's, it's nice to see, you know, like the, the gentleman you spoke of, you know, like Rick Klun, who's winning Bassmaster Elite tournaments at age 72. And he's beating guys who are, you know, half his age, even more than half his age. And, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see Lester Wright, who's, who's out there at hundred years old running down the track. And yeah, it's only hundred meters, but I mean, I'll be happy if I'm above ground at, at age of 100. So has this guy been a runner? He, he has. He, he has. Yeah. So, so this isn't like he just decided to get up at 100 one day and, and run. No, no. He, he was a lifelong runner. He actually ran almost a sub form in a mile back in the day, but he was born. I mean, he was born in, in like a long, long time ago. Like I can't remember the exact date he was born, but you know, but he was, he was, he's been running like, you know, for all his life. And it's just something that he started to do. Now, another woman that I started uh, learning about actually was a Charlotte native. Um, she started, she ran her first marathon at age 76. So she wasn't even a runner, but her friend was raising money for cancer awareness. And she thought, Oh, that might be fun. I could help make some money and I'll go run this marathon. And she ran her first marathon at 76. And then she got hooked, just like most people do with a running six mile a marathon, full 26 marathon at the age of 76. And then like 15 years later, at the age of 91, and this was in 2014, she ran her name is Harriet Thompson, by the way, uh, she ran the San Diego marathon. And at the time broke the uh, all time record for, you know, the person who is older than age 90. Uh, as far as uh, in the United States, she ran it in seven hours and seven minutes and 42 seconds. Um, she has since passed away in 2017 at the age of 94. But and her record no longer stands because somebody swooped in and took that. But she was 91 years old. And she finished finished a marathon in seven hours, seven minutes. I've been to marathons where I've seen people 
they shut the course down and they didn't even finish the marathon and they're not in their 90s. So it just goes to show you that you really, if you stop to think about it, you know, you're not held back by any sort of number. But getting back to what I was, what I was, you know, before I went off on this tangent was, you know, we think in terms of, you know, uh, well, I, you know, I'm getting older. I better start acting a certain way. I better start being a certain way. I think there's a power to being young at heart. So they say, you know, I mean, yeah, you might have some maladies you may, you know, have some creaky joints, maybe your bones are a little bit stiff, or your your brain doesn't work quite as sharp as it used to. But there's still a tremendous amount of value that you have to give. And we've seen people at your events who have started businesses in their 70s and 80s, you know, yeah. they, they left retirement to start something new, and they thrive in that environment. So, you know, age really is just a number. But if you buy into the fact that, well, you know, I'm, I'm just getting older, and you hear yourself say those words, you got to be really, really be careful because I was doing this not too long ago and it just begets more and more problems the more you start to speak that. I think it's uh, it's extremely interesting stuff. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I do. And you know, what? another thing that's interesting, for the most part, I don't know if this is 100% true because I can think of certain things where it wouldn't apply, which I'll get to in a minute. But most people have retirement in their mind because they spent their life doing something that they didn't love doing. Otherwise, why would you want to retire from it? Now, having said that, I mean, if you're, if you're a professional athlete in most sports, not professional fishing, but if you're like an NBA or an NFL or a hockey player, whatever, your body can only go at that level for so long that starts breaking down. Um, they, they, my understanding is those guys retire because they don't have the performance from their body that they needed at 20 something. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. I mean, most people like, it depends on what sport you're in, but if you're in a high impact sport, like say football, you, your window, I mean, most people retire after their third or fourth year in the league. And granted there's people that go a lot longer than that, but they have to take tremendous care of their bodies. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, I was thinking about like Michael Jordan, you know, like when he retired the first time and then he came back and he was still relatively young and then he retired and then he came back the last time and he played and he he was, he was still good. Like he was still a hell of a player, but um, he, he wasn't at the level where he wanted to be. So then he put it away for good. You're starting to see that with LeBron James a little bit, even though he's still dominating the NBA, he's only 37 years old, but you're seeing more and more athletes make it into their forties and into their mid forties now because of the tremendous ability they have to take care of their bodies. Plus they make a lot of money. They can pay for cryotherapy. They can pay for sleep chambers. They can pay for on-call massage therapists and all these other sorts of things. But it's really interesting to see because there's a definite um, cliff, if you will, that most high-end athletes will eventually go over because you cannot do it at that high of level forever. Now, if you're in a different sport, like say fishing, that is, I'm not saying they're not athletes because they certainly are having to be on your feet for 12 hours a day. No, it's not high impact. So they're able to go a little bit further, but it's not like you can just roll out and do it. I mean, doing anything for 12 hours at age 72, I have to assume it's got to be somewhat of a challenge. So to see how that works, there's definitely uh, you've got a window, I will say, if you're an athlete to be able to continue performing at a high level and doing it so that you go out on your terms rather than being that old guy who just can't play anymore and sucks, right? Yeah. Did you see the new video, um, the interview with BJ Armstrong talking about Jordan never sleeping back in the oh, day? Oh, I did not. No, yeah, I did you not. Check it out. So there's this video, uh, just came out last week, I think, where they're interviewing him. And BJ Armstrong said, I don't think 
that we ever had an opportunity to see just how great Jordan actually was. And the reason that he gave for saying that was that he said there were two things that most people just don't realize. He actually never slept and he rarely ate. Uh, he did consume alcohol, but so the thing was, was that he, especially with the sleeping part, he emphasized, he's like, I'm not exaggerating here. The guy did not sleep. He said, we would be out all night long and he wouldn't say what they were doing, but he alluded to like, it was, you know, young fun guy stuff, that, that type of thing. And a couple hours later, they'd be at practice and all the guys that were there would be completely wiped out. And Jordan was playing at practice. Like it was the, you know, the, the, the fourth in the fourth uh, quarter of a, of the, the biggest game of the year or whatever. Sure. And they couldn't figure it out. They were like, how does this guy do this? And he would do it. He'd play 36 holes of golf before he would play a game at yeah. night, you know? And while we, you know, we think of somebody like him, as an anomaly, uh, I mean, I remember when I was younger, I mean, I've been doing seminars since I was relatively young and being on the road for weeks at a time and without much sleep at all. And then doing multiple days, 12, 15 hour days without it affecting me at all. It does affect me now, but there is something about that youth thing. But I think that a lot of it really does appear to be outside of of what you, well, first there's taking care of your body, right? So there's, there's only so much a person can do by taking care of their body. The rest is kind of left up to their genetics from the things that I hear. Some people have genetic disposition, um, I guess, disposition to a predisposition to having their body break down more rapidly in, in different ways than some people don't. But either way, if your mindset is that you're going to be as young and active as you can, for how your body is. I think that makes absolutely all the difference in the world. Now, I will say something. I will play a little devil's advocate here with something because I think it was, I think it was Jordan Peterson that I heard talk about this. And I thought that there was some sense to it, but not in the idea that older people should slow down or stop. But he, he was talking about there seems to be a push in society where the 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 focus is and not just the focus but the values are also on the youth it's based in what the youth can do the youth so we hold that up as like uh the thing that we treasure the most he said and, and one thing that he noticed that's that's happening is that our older people in society are not getting the benefit of what they used to get many many years ago where you're, the older people of society bring the greatest wisdom. They've lived the longest. They have the most to teach. Uh, they have in-depth knowledge of what they did in their career or in their life or, or whatever. And, it, and we're not actually holding that part of them up and saying, this is something that we should treasure as human beings. The only thing that we're holding up is whether or not they can participate, if they can still participate you know, in the world. And, and I, I guess I didn't really realize that. I mean, I, as he, the, I don't remember which video it was, you, somebody would have to do the research on it, but I heard him talking about it and it made a lot of sense. He went into it in quite, in, in quite a lot of depth, actually. And I thought that's really interesting because I do know, I mean, the people that I have learned from in my life, some are dead. I mean, 
Proctor was my mentor for forever. And he, we lost him in February, but he was 86 and he was still brilliant in what he was in what he was doing. Um, but his body failed, you know, and, um, and I don't think that had anything to really do with like his fault or anything. And I think he was older and uh, he picked something up or whatever. But the two things that I think are important is that the mindset of your life's not over at 50, 55, 60, 70, 75, 80, whatever. It's over when you decide that you want it to be over. And you, there's not some predetermined age where you have to be like, we're done. We can't, we can't do anything more. You can live and do amazing things till your last day. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you bring up a very valid point speaking about, you know, your mentor, Bob Proctor, and then even in Jordan, when you talk about the greatest of all time, you talk about that passion with which they bring to their positions. Like if you don't have that passion in what you're doing right now, you are not doing the right thing. I mean, plain and simple, as hard of a lesson as that is to hear, uh, because there's so many people, I'd be willing to bet there's a high percentage of people right now, even listening to this podcast that know that they're not fully passionate in what they're doing. And if they are, if they're not fully passionate, they're just there to pass the time or to cash the check. And their body more than likely is probably going to fail them later on in life because they're not doing what they want to do. So I'm not telling everybody to go out there and quit what they're doing right now and start something fresh. But if you're feeling called to follow your passion, there should be nothing that holds you back. That's why I said earlier, you know, you've had 70 and 80 year old people come to your microphones at your live events and say, you know, you've, you've, you've basically inspired me to go and start my own business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then they follow up with us and they actually went out and did it. So it's not just words. It's not just lip service, but they're bringing a certain passion to it. And if you go down the line to the greatest of all time and whatever it might be, there's nothing that says you have to retire at age 40, age 50, age 60, age 70. If you are loving what you're doing, you keep on riding that train until you just don't want to do it anymore. And you'll know when that time comes for sure. Yeah, and that's it's interesting that you bring up that word because that's also how I'm starting to hear people respond to the question of why are you doing it or do you see retirement in your future? Both Rick Klun uh, and Kevin Van Dam both responded to that question by as long as I'm still passionate about it, I'll keep doing it. The day that I lose my passion, then I'll probably hang it up and do something else. But I'm, and they both said, well, we're just as passionate about it now as we were when we were 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. We're so quick to force people out when it's like, well, they've been around for so long. Let's let somebody else have a chance. If you're performing at a high level and you still want to go out there and do it, then go out and do it. I mean, you know, we talked a lot on this podcast about athletes because they're the easiest point of reference for something like this, because you can tell when a person's performance starts to drop off. And you can also tell when there's certain individuals who want to hold on and they're hoping to recapture some of that formal glory. And they also know that if they quit, if they don't do something, they're going to deteriorate rapidly. You know, I think about, um, this isn't an athlete, but one of uh, uh, Steph's teacher friends back in the day, they had spent their whole life planning their lives when they were going to retire and they were going to go off and they were going to travel the world and they were going to buy an RV and then go all over the, you know, the 50 United States or whatever it might be. And um, the shortly after retirement age, 
the the husband died just like yeah. that. There was no more purpose anymore. So there was no more passion with which to life. So you're basic, we're all heading to the same place, right? There's no denying it. No one lives forever. So the longer we sit and we say, well, I'll get to that tomorrow. I'll get to that the next day. You know, the, the problem is you, the problem is you think you have time. Like it's written on our office. It's in our, it's in our restrooms. It's a constant message here. You don't have time. The only time you have is right now. So, so make the most of it. But it was just really interesting to see how people handle that and how they adjust to life in the future. But, you know, I, I firmly believe that 80 is the new 60. People yeah. are living longer. You have uh, you have better supplements at your disposal. You have access to exercise at your disposal. You're, you're eating healthier organic foods. I mean, there's all sorts of things that are going on that pr- allows us to prolong our life. And believe it or not, and I truly believe this, there's somebody who's alive right now that's going to live well into their 115, 120, possibly 125, and it's only going to extend it. Now, that brings in a whole other slew of concerns as far as population ex- expansion and food and being able to feed all these people that are going to live much, much longer. It's a lot different than the 1800s, that's for sure. But yeah. um, it's it's really interesting to see how this, how this goes because age really is, is just, it is, what it, it is what you say it is. And if you feel like you want to work until you're 90, then far be it for me to say you can't do it. Yeah, I remember I heard uh, a few, maybe a month or two ago, I was listening to something that Saad Guru was talking about after I heard him on Rogan. And he was saying, and I, and I think I'm correct about the time frame on this. If I'm off, I'm not off that much. He was saying that the average age life expectancy of an Indian male right after World War II was like 27 or 28. And it's now up, I think it's, it's up to the normal, whatever the norm is around, around the world. Um, but there were a lot of reasons for that. And a lot of those reasons were mindset around who they were, what they were supposed to do, you know, what they had access to, uh, those types of things. But it, you know, here's the thing it it's, I think we should also like, cause you brought up an interesting point. What about population and, and all this other stuff? If a person is living that old, I think we should also consider the relative idea of how and what they can contribute to, because it's not about just taking up space. You know, I used to say, uh, I used to teach this, and I still do in certain events that we do where, where it, it, it's relative that the, I, that we've put this, we've put this um, uh, value on the idea of how long we could live versus how well we live while we're alive, which you just alluded to, right? Like, really being present, really being passionate, doing the things that, that not letting your mind get old and staying really invested and uh, um, curious about the things that you're currently doing in your life. And I think that that contributes well. We, and we all know what it looks like when people get older and they're staying too long too. Like we're seeing some of that right now in the, in the world, people that really should be bowing out uh, because they're, they're, they, they can't do what they used to, to be able to do. But it's so much, I just think that it, I, I agree with you. It's just, it's so much of it is mindset. Yeah. If the, you know, if your body's relatively healthy, then go do it, man. Go totally go live whatever you want. 
Absolutely. Well, and you bring up Sadhguru, which, you know, he's currently in the midst of his 100-day motorcycle journey to, to save true. the soil. And he's, you know, this 64-year-old guy who's just out there. He's going to log 30,000 kilometers over the course of these 100 days, and he's bringing awareness to this cause. And, yeah, he could very easily be, you know, sitting in his ashram, just, you know, meditating <laughs> and taking up space. Or maybe yeah. he gets into crocheting or knitting or, you know, playing mahjong with, with the fellas or whatever it might be. I, I say that because my mom's a huge mahjonger and she plays every week, but um, you know, it, it's like you, you could do this. I was listening to one woman talk today. She was, um, she was this individual who was recently, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was this woman who uh, was inducted into the Sturgis Motorcycle Hall of Fame. If you can imagine there's such a thing. If you've never been to Sturgis, beautiful place. Bike week is supposed to be incredible over there. But um, this woman has put on something like 500,000 miles crisscrossing the United States on her Harley Davidson over the course of her life. Really? And, you know, as she was accepting her, her award for this amazing Hall of Fame induction, she was talking about how, you know, how most people would want me to be at home, you know, knitting or crocheting, you know, hats for my grandchildren or doing all these other sorts of things. Damn it, I like to ride my motorcycle and I'm going to ride my motorcycle until the day I die. A lot of people, when, when they get to be a certain age, they want to take the keys away from these from yeah. these elderly people. They want to take, oh, you're, you're, a th you're a threat, you're a danger to people around you. That's bullshit. I mean, that's just something that we've invented. Now, is there some people that probably shouldn't be driving? Yes. Um, I probably followed a few of them to the office a time or two, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those situations where this woman likes to do, she likes to ride motorcycles. So let her ride her damn bike. It shouldn't matter. But I thought it was really, really uh, inspiring to hear her say, I'm going to do this until the day I die and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I'm not being stubborn. It's my passion. It's what I love to do. It's what I enjoy doing. So I think that is, uh, that's super powerful. And just yeah. to circle back to, um, circle back to uh, Lester Wright, who we started off this conversation talking about. I thought it was really fascinating. I was, I was just doing some on-the-fly research that he actually fought in the Battle of the Bulge during World War II. Wow. Now, if you think about that for a minute, like this guy was not only, not only was he a high school runner in the, you know, in the 1930s, but he also fought in the, fought in the Battle of the Bulge during World War II. Like there's mo most of the people around living now probably don't even remember that there was a World War II, let alone right. something called the Battle of the Bulge. So when you start to see, what I love about um, the, the, the octogenarians or the people who are into their 70s, 80s, 90s and beyond, there's a wealth of knowledge at their disposal. Huge. And if you stop and ask these people questions and have conversations with them, it's fascinating to see the amount of changes they've gone through in their life. Think about the changes that have gone through in our lives, you know, and, and all the, the, just technology alone, how it's changed. Imagine being this person who was born, you know, in the 19, you know, late 1920s, early 1930s to where you're at now. It's fascinating. Don't let a second go by without having a conversation with these folks because when they're gone all that knowledge goes with them and you lose just a tremendous amount of knowledge with them so that's it's pretty fascinating true. that's great yeah. stuff. i just wanted to finish off one more thing and this is really fascinating because i was watching in this deep dive preparation for this episode i was i was uh watching a um a vice episode i believe where they were talking about 
this group of uh, individuals who are into parkour. And for those that don't really remember or know what parkour is, it's basically this, uh, it's sort of like a way to maneuver these urban landscapes by jumping over things, rolling over things, climbing brick walls, jumping off of high areas to get from one place to the other, the most creative way. And there's this, there's this group out of Virginia, I believe, they call themselves the PK Silvers. And it's actually a parkour for the 50 and over crowd. And what it does is it's designed to teach them how to um, avoid falling later on in life because a lot of people when they get to be a certain age if they have a fall a lot of times that can be fatal because their body doesn't respond they break bones they have internal bleeding and they may pass away actually that's what happened to Harriet Thompson who I mentioned earlier in the episode from Charlotte who ran her first marathon at age 76 she had had a fall while she was delivering some presents at her retirement community and she passed away at the age of 94 from that fall but the reason I bring this up is because if, if I were to drive down and see a bunch of people uh, over 50 years old jumping off of picnic tables and running up brick walls I think that something was wrong with them that they lost right. their damn mind but the reality is it's designed to get them to understand that active being active and stretching your ligaments and moving your body instead of just sitting home in front of the tv watching the price is right is going to be very very powerful for you later on in life and I think that I was like go for you good for you go for it do what you want to do get yourself out there there's a guy in my neighborhood who runs and he runs better than I do. Right. And he's out there hitting it, you know, at least three or four times a week. He's probably in his seventies. He has sets a hell of a pace. I just look at him and I'm in awe of what this guy can do. There's nothing that holds you back. Age is definitely just a number. And if you say otherwise, that's exactly what you're going to attract into your life. And I think it's, yeah. uh, it's fascinating. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. I appreciate you humoring me. I think it's really cool. Congrats to Lester yeah, Wright great. on his yeah, pen relay. Yeah, totally good. I love, I'm going to go do some research on uh, your boy, Rick Clun and, and see if he can bring home another Bassmaster Elite here well into his mid to late seventies. I mean, Hey, anything is possible. So yeah, well, I cool. have a goal to fish with that guy at some point. So I got to get moving. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. And I think I would be remiss to say, make sure you stick around in a couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, speaking of, you know, older individuals, we're going to be covering uh, some Rolling Stones talk. They're about to go out on their 60th anniversary tour starting in June. Yeah. And we're going to uh, do a little bit of a conversation around that because we know David, you're a huge Stones fan. And the fact that they're doing it well into their eighties, man, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a good conversation. So be on the lookout for that in your feed. Right on. All right. Well, thanks, David. All right, ladies and gentlemen, age is definitely just a number. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. Lots of amazing people doing amazing things well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. Once again, congratulations to Lester Wright for his wonderful run at the Penn Relays at the age of 100. Fascinating stuff. Uh, let us know if you know of any other people out there who are doing amazing things well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, and drop us a comment down below. As always, ring that bell, subscribe, and don't miss any of this content. Full Throttle Thursdays, they're a lot of fun and we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.